He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast. Cheers! <laughs> All right, well, now that we've got all the ghosts out of our equipment, let's introduce our guest today. We are technologically challenged today, Genomo. I think it's the spirits because our guest today is the one and only mind reader, James White. Oh, my God. Now, I don't want anyone to freak out. Don't think any unpure thoughts during this episode because he can read your mind, okay? It's real. Jenna and I experienced it last week. Now, James White, if you don't know who he is, he's a deep understanding of human behavior, and he's a master of manipulation using hypnotism, suggestion, and mind control to deliver mind-blowing seances and supernatural experiences to audiences across Canada. And now, during the pandemic, he's changed it to a digital landscape called Evoke, and that's a seance Jenna and I went to a couple days ago. We're going to talk all about that. And get this about James, something that I find so fascinating. He's acquired such a following that even law enforcement... And detectives have reached out to him to help solve cases. Unbelievable. Hello, James. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> so humble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's my natural personality. Oh, my God. Well, James, we have so much to talk to you about, but I think uh, we should start by giving the people a taste of your medicine, don't you think? Okay, let's try something. So he's okay. going to try a little trick on us. Yeah, now, Jenna, so, don't cry again. Jenna cried last week. Yeah, it was, a pretty, it was an emotional time, you know? And uh, Okay, so what I want to do is, basically before we start or anything, I just have an envelope, as you can see. Yeah. And I'm just going to put it here so it's in sight at all times. Do you know, the reason why I wanted to try this is, I'm, and I came up with this specifically for you both, especially for you, Jenna, because like, I got to like, learn a bit about you when you attended the seance was like, you think you kind of like have abilities, like, you know, you're able to maybe pick up stuff other people can't or whatnot. So I want to put this to the test if you're fine with that. Oh gosh, okay, whew. Okay. Well, so she knows when wine's on sale, that's for sure. Yeah, so that's a good thing. So in the 1930s, basically at the Duke University, they were doing uh, psychic abilities, like psychic tests to try to test for psychic abilities. And what happened is they came up with this kind of concept that I don't know if you've heard of ESP cards before, ESP symbols, where they're like a circle across a wavy line, square, and a star. So I don't know if you were, you've probably seen a few movies. I actually have some. So you can see there is a circle. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Circle, cross, wavy lines, square, and last but not least, a star. Okay. And the reason why they came up with it was they were trying to come up with a simple kind of uh, a simple picture that would be easy to kind of define. So if you notice, like for example, the circle only has one line, so it always represents a one. The cross has two lines. Wavy lines have three lines. Square has four lines and the star has five. That's literally how they came up with it. So it's almost like thinking of the numbers between one and five. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna, you guys are both gonna work as a team to try this. Basically, what I want you to do is I want you to kind of guess what's inside my envelope. And basically there's an ESP, one ESP card in the envelope. So the odds of going into this and just even getting this right is you should actually get this wrong 80% of the time, right? One in five chance. Okay. Okay. So the most important thing is uh, we're going to, just because you got, you both are a team, we're going to use you both as a team. So what's going to happen is, is Jesse, you're going to start this and then Jenny, you're going to end this. So what I need from you, Jesse, is I just showed you the five symbols, a circle, cross, wavy line, square, and a star. I want you to think of the symbol you recognize as your favorite, or if you had to choose one, what would you pick? You could pick any one. And honestly, <laughs> Jenna's our, don't say, Jenna, like, every, you were thinking of the star, right? 
Well, duh. But don't think, okay, let's, let's make this more hard because, you know, let's make this more challenging. So go around, go more random. Which one would you want to use? Okay, I got it. Do you, do you want me to say yeah, it? Yeah, say it out loud, sorry. Just because we're through Zoom, we have to do it out loud. Square. Square. And are you 100% sure? I'm going to give you five seconds to change your mind if you want. I'm going to give you five seconds right now. Five, four, three, two, one. What symbol? Square. Square. So you're happy with the square? Yeah, could I tell you my thought process? Yeah. Because I tried not to think. Because I know how you operate. So I didn't think. I just thought, okay, not start. Because star was a conscious choice. And also, so the next you notice the language I said. You notice the language I said, take out the I didn't give you really a choice. I said, take out the one you recognize as your favorite. Everyone's going to pick a star. Oh, I, oh, I thought you said pick your favorite. And so I was pushing that on you. Notice how you did pick star. And I was going to explain it after, but I guess we got into it now. We can talk about it after. But you said square. And square, square was a free choice to you, correct? Correct. You and you honestly could have went back to the start for the record to try to trick me out too. But you thought of square, correct? Yep. Correct. Okay, so then, so then, Jenna, what I want you to do is I want you to imagine in your mind, you got to visualize this, you're really good at visualizing. I want you to imagine you see a square in your mind, okay? Just imagine you're in a square. So it might be a room or something, but just imagine whatever the square means to so you, you see that. And you see one word or image come into your mind. What is that word? Water. Water. Are you sure it's water? Yep. And, water, and what's funny about that is when you actually think about it, don't you think the only one that would be associated with water is wavy lines? So it's kind of, it's really odd that you said, you know, you said water for a square. Like that does not happen at all. Right. And so when you were kind of doing this, what was your thought process? Like, what were you thinking? I just, I don't know. I just closed my eyes and pictured myself in a square and it happened to be in a pool. And it happened to be in a pool. And like, this was on the table the whole time. Is that not correct? Right. This envelope was on the table the whole time. And you, like, like I said, is you kind of thought yourself in a pool yeah. and that's why you thought of water and water should not be associated with square in any way. Cause I was trying to get you to think of a room. Right. Right? So this envelope, like I said, has been here the whole time. I'm just going to turn it over. There's a sticker of Krampus because, you know, that's coming up. I'm going to open this yeah. up. And you can see there's one thing inside. And what – so what, what did Jesse originally say? He said a square. And what did you say? Water. What? So for those that are listening and not watching us on YouTube right now, there's a little – there's literally the square and written through is water. Which he had it placed in the envelope before we started this whole recording. A sealed and it was in sight. Like, I never went off site. It was in sight the whole time. Wow. Oh, my God, James. That's amazing. What happened to Jenna last week was something similar, but I, I'm having chills right now. That doesn't make any sense. It was all you. It wasn't me. So, like, question, because last week I, I, wow. I we did a sort of seance thing, and I was really good with picking numbers, apparently. I picked... Yeah. Definitely really good at picking numbers. And should I go play the lottery? <laughs> I've been thinking about that. <laughs> why not try it? The thing is, why, a lot of people always ask me why I have, like, because I'm so good at manipulating or, like, the mind reading stuff, why haven't you won the lottery? And the reason for that is the water, lottery is truly random. So if you came up with a lottery ticket, like, so you two came up with the actual numbers, I could guess that. But if it's an actual computer doing that random, it's truly random. Humans aren't truly random. So that's why it's easy to get the people. Like a few years ago, I did a, um, I don't know if you remember, but it got pretty big where I basically, I was doing something for the Make-A-Wish Foundation because I really like them. And I did a prediction and I put the prediction like a week in advance in a tin in a loaf of, and they baked it in a loaf of bread so no one can access it. And what happens when they opened up the tin and opened up the predictions, I predicted the newspaper for three days in a row. So it was kind of a cool thing. And that's because that's not completely random, right? Because you got to remember media has their own agendas of what they want. So you can almost find the similar patterns. But with humans, so if I told you to come up with numbers right now, I can predict that. But if this was like an actual computer or an actual machine coming up with random numbers, I can't do that. Wow. 
So wait a minute. So you're sitting here saying there's nothing magical about this. It's all done in the mind. Yeah. I mean, I, this I, is what blows me. I honestly kind of explained it to you a bit. I explained how the star thing, think of the one you recognize as your favorite. It's going to be the star or the, it's, it's going to be these two is the most common ones when you put that. So I don't know if it's right enough star or, or wavy lines are the most common ones. If you say, tell someone thing, one that you recognize as your favorite, I found in Ottawa, it's always the star. And I found in Toronto for some reason, it's the wavy lines, but I think it's because they're surrounded by more water and this kind of looks like water. Cause it also depends on oh where you God. live, right? So if you're seeing like, for example, if you're seeing houses all around you and it's just like a house kind of suburban kind of place, you might actually think square every time. So it, it has- Is that why? No, it's why do you why think you I that. picked square? Because I think it was the opposite of your personality. Well, thank you, James. Uh, but, but so that's so crazy because you have to be so sure of your talent to go into these seances and huge scale events you do and be so confident that you're not going to fuck it up. But the thing is, like, the thing is, if I fuck this up, it's actually you two that fail. It's not me because this was your <laughs> thing. Right? I even told you, I said, there's an envelope here. Let's see if you have psychic abilities or whatnot. So if this actually failed, it's Jesse's fault and Jenna's fault. It's not my fault. I'm fine. <laughs> Right. Well, I really find it fascinating that, and this is right on your bio on your website, so I'm not giving anything away, but a lot of the ghostliness and the Halloween uh, infused into your shows is just for show when this really comes down to the power of suggestion and you've studied human subconscious to know what people are going to pick yeah, before so, they pick it. Like for why the seance, like the seance was, has been voted many times the scarce gathering in Canada because there's nothing like it. Like both of you haven't seen the actual live seance, but I'm sure some of your friends have and stuff and they said it's the scariest thing they've ever went to. And why it is, is because it's not like a jump scare thing, right? It's in your head. So even like, like Jenna with a vote, we did this digitally and you had a pretty emotional connection at the end where, you know, you were able to guess stuff that you didn't even say out loud. And you basically yeah. were able to guess like specific things that you did not tell us until after I showed you it. And that's kind of where you were like, I felt that in my mind. Like, how do you explain that? Like to someone who's never done this before, how do you personally, how can I ever take that away from you? You know, right. how can you explain that? You know, as a kind of, I can't take anything away when people have stuff. It's not that I, I don't believe in the paranormal or I do believe in the paranormal, but it's like when people have experiences, how can I actually take that from them? Because they had it. It wasn't me that had it. You know, and that is my argument with a lot of people that like to go to mediums. And there's the other group of people that say, oh, these people are stealing money from them. It's horrible. And I go, but for me, for example, like my first experience, I wasn't expecting anything. And yeah. you know what? Whether it was true or not, um, it gave me a sense of peace and, and it helped me move forward and heal from my friend's very tragic passing. And yeah. that's how I feel like, well, who are we to take that away? If it helps someone in some way heal or move yeah, forward. Like a lot of people say mediums are like the cheap psychologists, right? If you can't afford a psychologist, you can afford a medium kind of thing. <laughs> if you look at it in that sense, it's not that bad for me. My views, if you're interested in my actual views, it's not that I don't believe in mediums is that I haven't seen one that's convinced me. Cause if they're using similar techniques I'm doing, how is that real? Another thing is if you look at Wicca and stuff, Wicca says if you have the powers, you can't charge people. So the thing is, I have a lot of friends who I believe, like even Jesse, you know, Tammy, I think she has an ability yeah. for that. So the thing is, I, I do believe a lot of my friends, a lot of people I know have it and what could be considered a medium, but they don't charge people. So I'm more likely to listen to them than someone's charging $500 an hour, you know, because they're not charging you to do, to help you. Because that's kind of what the Wicca even said. So, right. Right. Uh, it's just amazing. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened during the seance last week. We won't give anything away, but what blew my mind was Jenna accurately chose the date that a woman had passed away. 365 days she could have picked from. 
So what you're saying, you did something to subliminally that. make her choose that day? I'm saying she picked it up. Yeah, but you knew she was going to pick it because it was in the envelope. Well, no, it was, like it was on the tape, like it was, it was on the back of the photo, right? Yeah, right. Sorry. Yeah. And so what's funny is you all as a team kind of picked the photo. Whatever had the most votes, we focused on that photo. And then Jenna, for some reason, because she was telling us the stories and that she had like good intuition and stuff. I, I said, let's try this. Because even if she was close, I still would have counted it. It didn't matter. Why not go for the risk? You know, it's kind of how I look at it because it's called like we sometimes call it the miracle. And what that means is you go for these risks. Cause if one risk works out, everyone remembers it. But if it doesn't work out, you don't, it's a common thing with uh, psychics and mediums is you remember the hits, but you don't remember the misses. Right. But that's quite a hit. That's a pretty big hit. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing for me, what the biggest hit was basically like, um, without revealing a vo- like a vote's done, like it's retired, like it's not happening no more. Like it's retired. Um, but, um, like when you were basically like the information, like from my friend about, you know, the, the person we focused on, she was, what's funny about the information was basically you said when you, cause basically I, I had you in kind of like a trance like state at one point. Mm-hmm. And what you said, basically when you're in your mind, everything you saw from like when you read the letter at the end or the email that I sent at the end, you said, basically you saw that in your mind. And that's yeah. what's kind of creepy about this. Yeah. And then I asked you, like, why weren't you specific? And you're like, oh, I wasn't thinking about that because you were broad on the answers. But then the answers that were specific were the ones you were actually thinking in your head, but you never said out loud, which is really like, how do you explain that? Like going into this now, I couldn't explain it to like a skeptical audience. Like as a skeptic person, how would you explain that? That you literally, you know, like, like, I don't know what to say, you know, and like yeah. probably Jesse, you've seen that too, but you kind of go, how the fuck is that even possible? You know? Yeah, yeah, you were almost more excited than us. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it doesn't happen every night. But when stuff like that do happen, you remember it forever. It's one of those things where you remember forever where, like, no one can take that from you, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't happen every night. Like I said, we have some boring nights. We have some crazy nights. We had, like, one night where we had a possession. We've had, like, a lot of weird stuff. But, like, it's like when you do have – when you actually are the one person experiencing with this, no one can take that from you. Right. Yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely weird. I think some people do have – intuition but you can't i think what jesse was trying to ask earlier was you can't manipulate my mind no like it was all you like i was basically giving you the tools to see if you're able to do it right it's kind of how you have to look at it maybe you can almost look at me as kind of like a host or something where in the sense i'm giving you the tools i'm putting you in the right state of mind i know what i'm doing and then you kind of allow it to happen and that's why like when if you ever attend the live seance or if you came to evoke again they're different every single night because it's what you bring in, it's what the group, the group really does not matter. The group dynamics is so damn important. If you have a boring group of a bunch of skeptics, imagine if you guys came to a vote a few days ago and 10 of the, or I, I forget how many people there was, like it's 10 or 12, but basically imagine like 10 of them were skeptical and knowing people that did not want to talk. That whole experience would have been completely different, much boring than what we had. We had a really good group that night, right? Right. And so the groups are so important. Well, obviously we came to the wrong night because the very next night after the one we attended, you had that possession you're talking about. What yeah, happened? and that was, the only, that was the only possession we've had at a vote. Because the thing is, think about it. Like at uh, Beverly and at like Manchester and Black Creek and like all the other seances we've done, I think I've had five like actual, if you want to believe in possessions or not, it's, I'm on the fence about it. But I've had five of them that we can say that something happened. Then we had one with a vote on Saturday. And so I was up all night dealing with that because... Um, it was pretty insane. What does that look like? Like what? So what yeah. basically happened was, um, so there's two people and there's, I don't want to say their names because I didn't ask them, but there's, I have like, like we're, we're going to be posting something about it soon, but um, there's two people and basically what happened is we'll call person one, John and person two, Billy. And so what happened is John 
was more talkative, but Billy was always looking down like this. And what was weird is at the start of the seance, I, I had a bunch of photos. This was a, every seance is different, like I said. And what was the weirdest thing is there's 10 people in the group and I show one photo and every single person picked that photo. So that alone does not happen. Like that's rare. Like the odds of 10 people all can pick any photo and they all pick the same one. That's insane. Like, you know, that's wow. insane. And so I was like, okay, that's weird. And so what the guy kept saying, and he kept looking down, and I know this guy because I remember him from my other seances. He's much more talkative than he, than he was when he's looking down. Like, he was not talkative. I'm like, this is weird. And then halfway through the seance, uh, um, John goes, John goes, Billy is having issues right now. He thinks something is grabbing his leg. And so, <gasps> ever, and so what happened, what he said is ever since, ever since I showed the photo, he felt like something was grabbing his leg hard. And he can't get go. So what happens, one of the reasons I tell you to bring items is so you can ground yourself. So next thing you know, we're spending like five minutes of me making him walk around and try to ground himself so he's not feeling anything. And what happens is then he's like, okay, I'm feeling a little better, but I'm not. It's still there. It's not going away. And then what happens is his friend now, all of a sudden, John is going, I feel like, I feel like that presence is watching over us right now. It's like she's there. Like it, it, it feels it. And so they're freaking out because they're feeling like something's going into them. And, and so what happened was at the end, I was kind of like, okay, let's try something a little different. Firstly, um, Billy, you're saying you're grounding or you're connecting with this uh, person. And the person's name was Susan or Suzanne. And, and what happened, so I said, is I held the picture of Suzanne to him and I said, a name's going to come into your mind or something's going to come into your mind. It's going to mean something to you. And he said, she has a cat named Felix. And I said, what color is the cat? And he said, orange. He was wrong about that. But basically, Suzanne did have a black cat named Felix, which was kind of cool that he got that. And, and then what happened was, um, so at the end, I, I basically said, let's try something. So I turn over the photo and I put the envelope on top. And then all of a sudden, both of them say the presence is gone at the exact same time, right when I did that. And so it was almost like we had to cover up. And so what happened is Billy and John, both of them, like, because uh, Billy's feeling it around them, he's like, it's gone. And then she, he's like, and then Billy's, I'm sorry, John said that. And then Billy's kind of like, oh, no, the pain's gone. It's good. But then what happens is around 20 minutes later when we're done, um, he messages me and goes, um, something's wrong with Billy. Like, he's not right. I know Billy. Like, this, his personality, his, everything's wrong right now. And so what happens is, and then what Billy's thinking is he got partially possessed. Like something went into him, but he didn't think it was the kid. He thought it was the person who killed the, killed Susie, which is interesting because I don't know anything about that person. And then what happened is they had a medium friend who kind of was like next door or something, or like they're staying at the house or something. I don't remember. And the medium friend said when the seance and evoke was going on, they weren't paying attention, but they were walking in the kitchen to grab stuff. Every time they were walking in, they felt weird, like a buzz in their ear. But then when the experience was done, it was gone. And so then what happened is the medium thought that he was partly uh, possessed. So they were doing all this stuff, the staging, grounding, and all this stuff for like two or three hours, and he wasn't getting better. And then he sent me a picture. Basically, you see his leg, and his legs are hairy. But then there's, there's this like one bald spot where that, where he says where he was being grabbed at, which was kind of a weird picture. Whoa. Oh, my. And then like, you know, so we're calming down. We're trying techniques. We're trying to like get it. He believes like they, they I don't know if they try the Ouija board, but the medium tried to help him and the medium felt it as well. And it was basically saying like, it's not Susie. It's the person who killed Susie. And so Susie oh, died from a, a car, like she got hit by a drunk driver. And I don't know much about the drunk driver. And so then what happened was like, they're focused on that. And then I messaged him like the next day and they said like, he's back to normal. He's fine. He's not going to play with the cult or anything for a bit, but he's hundred percent coming to your seance next year. So I was like, Oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, um, so he like, so they thought that he actually got possessed. And the thing is they came to the seance last year. None of them got possessed or anything. And they said like, this was much like, they can't explain it because Nick, his personality completely changed. It was almost like something was in him. It's kind of the best way they could describe it. So that was a cool thing to be part of on the last day of a Volk, right? 
So during a seance, and, and is this why, like, you know, is it said that the spirit of the person, so in our case, the one that we showed the picture of, is kind of the one that's like giving you those numbers to throw out? That's, that's, that's a hard interpretation because a lot of times the seance, why these people say seances are connecting are so bad is because they don't know what you're bringing in. So if all of a sudden you're saying you're connecting with your sister, how do you actually prove that it's your sister? Right. Could it just be? And that's the issue. So no one knows the answer to that and no one can really say, but that's one interpretation of it is where basically you are connected to her on a different link. You just felt something about her and that's why you were able to do all that stuff. Right. Right. Cause how, like, like I said, is with your experience specifically, it was crazy Jenna that you had a crazy experience at it is how would you explain it? Your experience? You know? I have no idea. You know, I just didn't think. And I think that was what the most important part of it was, is I really didn't think. And the one time I did think, which was the, the, the initials, because yeah. you kind of caught me off guard that I had to answer right away really quick. So the first, first time it was giving me two letters and it was FT, but I stuttered on the F. Yeah. The rest I didn't yeah. stutter on. Yeah. And it ended up being a P in real life, a PT, yeah. or no, sorry, I said PT and it was FT. Yeah, and so you you like you kind of know what you did wrong after you kind of look at the whole spectrum, and then I kind of explain to you the reason why we talked about it at the seance. But then when we were doing the automatic writing and trying to get you in that state of mind again, you now knew what you had to do. Right, you kind of knew you like you had to go into that kind of state of mind where you can't think too much because if you think about it, it becomes bias. You don't want bias. You just want to let it flow, let it happen. Right. Yeah. Now, Jesse, how do you feel? Because Jesse is like, I'm not going to say you're a skeptic, but you are not really there. Well, I like to have proof. And well, what I appreciate so much about James and listening to him talk is that a lot of the time you have psychics and mediums kind of at war with each other, like, you know, dismissing each other's craft. And here's James who says he uses the power of suggestion and subconscious, but you're still willing to believe in the occult and that there could be spirits come through, which I, I think is awesome. Uh, we've had a lot of stuff at the seance and we could, we could even do a whole podcast if you want later on, just some of the seance stuff. Cause we have videos, we have footage. We've had so many weird stories that I cannot explain. Like I can share one right now if you want. Um, do, do you want one? Or, oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, sure. we've had yeah. so We're many just like weird, waiting. <laughs> yeah. We've had so many weird ones where I sit there and I go, how is that even possible? So like one night, Basically, this was two years ago. We were doing a seance and some lady was telling a story of like something that happened to her. And what basically happened was she was at the hospital hospital, and her father passed away. And she kind of said, you know, like, dad, I need to make sure that you're still here. I need to feel that. And what happened is she went to the bathroom and she saw a white feather on her shoulder. So she took that as a sign that that was her father watching over her. So then what happened is she took the feather, she put it in a book and eventually it disappeared or something. So she tells everyone the story and it was like an emotional story. You can see the audience kind of like tearing up a bit and stuff. And like, that was kind of fun. And then what happens later on in the night, we're all sitting there and we're asking for signs. And then I'm not kidding you. There was a white feather at her foot, like at her foot. And, and everyone just started crying and stuff. And I was like, how is that even like, that does not make sense. Like, that's not me. You know, like we, no one ever talks about my seance and goes, oh yeah, we saw a feather. Like I've never heard that in the, my whole life. And why is there a white feather on her foot? And it was a clear not there because we move around all the time. So how is there a white feather on her foot at one time? Like later on. Wow. And so when you go to that, you kind of go, okay, um, there is like psychological explanations. Like maybe there were kids there during the day and they were doing crafts, even though there wasn't, but um, you know, you're trying to think of a logical way to explain it. But then the other side is like, if something happens like that, I'm going to give them the credit all the time they want. I'm not going to dismiss it because that's such a dick move, you know? Right. Um, like you never want to take away anything from the audience and what they experience. And like, because you both haven't experienced the actual seance, the seance is so different. Like the live seance are so psychologically different 
Because you're going to a haunted location, like you're going to a famous haunted location, and then we're doing a seance. It's pretty insane, right? You get free access to the right. whole houses. And so it's such a different kind of feel. And that's why I think it does so well is because you get an experience that you've never had before. And even like Jenna, you could say you've never had an experience like that before. Like you from know. just from Evoke and Evoke's through Zoom. It's a totally different world, right? Well, and I think that's what a lot of people want to know too, is how are you able to do these things now? Because you, you said it relies so much on the group and so much on their energy. And how are you able to adjust by doing it digitally? That's, we got, I don't know. Because what basically happened was it was one of those things where like I make 60% of my finances from my seance because they're so big. And all of a sudden you don't have a seance this year and you kind of go, how am I going to survive this year? And so one of my friends, um, one of my friends named Elise, she basically said, you got to do this online. I'm like, no, no, I, I don't know how to do anything online. I don't even know how to turn on my computer kind of thing. And then we decided on <laughs> October 1st, October 1st to do it online and go live October 16th. So it put me on a spot to come up with something. And the most important thing is I didn't want to come up with something that was half-assed. I didn't want to come up with something where people would go, that was okay. And we just got lucky. I don't know how it happened. I just, we put, I put it together and then, you know, it started rolling with it. Everything sold out and the media was like, the reviews were insane. And I'm all like, thinking to myself, how did, I don't know how this happened. You know, like, I don't know why it got so good. Like, the number one focus when I was writing it was basically it needs to be about the audience. Everything has to happen in your house, not my house. Cause if all of a sudden if we're doing a seance, I'm sitting here and my chair falls down. You obviously know it's something stupid. Like, you know, it's like a rigged chair. You see what I mean? Like it's not real, but if it all happens in your house and it's an emotional thing and we've had nights where like people started the automatic writing and all their lights turned off and then they came back on when no one, we've had so many crazy stuff from a boat. So it was kind of a friggin' insane thing that I don't even know how that happens where like, you know, and even you had a crazy thing, you know, with the, with the, the thing. And we've had so many weird things and I don't know, it, I, I want to say luck, but I don't know what it is, but like, I'm like, I'm like, when I look at this, this might be one of my bigger accomplishments because to get that kind of mental feeling to make people cry and stuff through actual zoom is I, I think pretty impressive. Well, you're also able to reach a lot more people. In all different areas. People don't want to do Zoom, right? So, like, my my, my Beverly's all sell out. So, there's around 2,400 tickets at uh, $70 a pop. Where this, we were only selling 900 tickets, but it was a harder sell because people are on their computer all day. They don't want to go to an event. They think this is just going to be a meeting. But then the number one compliment I got was, like, wow, it felt like I wasn't on Zoom. And that was kind of like the ultimate compliment because when you came here, the other complaint was basically it was too short, but I was like, we were here for 45 minutes. It just went fast because we were so into it. So I had to make sure it didn't feel like Zoom when we were doing this. And that's why I only wanted 10 people per session so everyone can participate. They could be involved, have stuff happen because I don't want this to be like just a Zoom meeting because everyone complains about how boring Zoom meetings are. And so I think if you don't know who I am, so say I'm going for a new target audience, they're not going to come because they don't know what this is. They're just going to think, oh, it's just some Zoom thing. Why not just watch YouTube? But if you actually come to this, you go, wow, that was a crazy experience I've never had before in my life. I actually really, really enjoyed it. And I'm Jesse knows this, and anyone who's followed us for years, I'm quite squirmish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do get freaked out quite easily. Um, like, energies really, like, freak me out. So... Yeah. But this was very enjoyable. Like everything, if I could describe the way I, it made me emotionally feel, it was a very warm experience. And, that, and that's what, what I was going for. I was kind of going for like with Beverly and stuff, it is warm, but it's also very, very dark. Like, um, like if you read the reviews and stuff, like it's like some people have had some bad stuff. Yeah. But with this, I didn't want that. I wanted this to be kind of a warm showing the gift you all have. So basically the, the message when I was writing with the moral of the message is basically everyone doubts their intuition, but when has your intuition actually been wrong? So let's prove this. It's kind of what the message of the whole story. And then like when you come back to it, kind of like Jesse and Jenna, both of you come back to this, you do evoke and you kind of go, you know what? 
Maybe I'm going to trust my gut more often when, you know, say I wanted this job, but I didn't apply because I didn't think I was good enough. Maybe I am good enough because my intuition is telling me I am. So it's kind of trying to give you positive reinforcement and positive kind of confidence. It's kind of what a book was designed for. It wasn't designed to be scary. Yeah. I really well, if you want to make, if you want to make it even warmer, get rid of that Andy doll. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> that thing is a little scary. So can oh, you explain, God, so, so, so like for the people at home, this is a haunted doll that you have. And how old is this doll? Oh, it must be 80 years old at least. And why do you always have a haunted doll with you during So it's not always a doll. So basically what it is, is basically every time we do seances, I bring new haunted items in. So people send me their haunted items. Like I just recently got an owl that's very haunted and I'm sleeping beside the owl to see if anything happens right now. And so like, I have like around 300 of these haunted things. And basically this one got really famous in Toronto last year. And so, so everyone basically was asking to bring Andy into Vogue. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll start. Like I, we added that just because so many people wanted to see Andy again. And like Andy's weird because like this is real human hair, for example. That's how they used to make dolls back then. You know what? She, she gives me the, the same feeling. Have, have you seen, we actually caught her move on her own a few times. Have you seen that video? No. Oh my God. What? I'll send you the video oh, after. But we actually caught her move. Like we caught her move twice just on her own. So it's kind of a cool thing. I actually used to, when, when I was done at Beverly, I actually left her in my car purposely. And I was like, if someone steals my car, they're going to get cursed. It's kind of was the philosophy. And so I left her in my car, but now like she's has a spot in the house. So, you know, I have to say that she gives me the same gut feeling that she gave me the first time you whipped her out during that seance of like my, she makes my stomach hit the floor. There's a lot of people say there's something that, like, People, I, I didn't see it. We weren't able to catch it on cameras, but people were saying that there's parts where she jumped at people. Like, I don't know how true yeah, that is. It's not that. She doesn't give me like, she's going to hurt me vibe. Just like a keep your distance. Kind of like cats, you know? I respect yeah. them, but I'm going to keep my distance from you. <laughs> but it, there's but it's an also, energy. Yeah, some kind of energy. And it's just weird how like three children who don't know each other all had a, you know, they all named her Andy, you know, yeah. like an imaginary friend named Andy. It does not make sense. You know, the odds of actually that happening. And it's a boy's name. And it's a boy's name. That's what's also weird. And like, we're doing kind of a test. Like, I think, I don't know if you saw the Marilyn Dennis segment. We're doing a test of basically, we, we went to a bunch of children, like a bunch of children. We asked them to like spend time with the doll and just come up with the words. And we had like a list of five words or five common things that the kids associate with the doll. And they were so close on that, you know, when we did that segment. Because, so it's wow. weird. Like, I didn't want to use Andy too much in... Uh, in evoke but so many people wanted me to bring her that I was like okay you know what I'll just put her in especially because a lot of people were honest what's weird about um the new seance this year was so many people were mad that I wasn't going live even though there was a pandemic like I got so many messages saying like that was the highlight of my life and why aren't you doing it again but I'm like financially it cost me like 40 or 50 thousand to you know put up evoke before we are not evoke to put up the next seance before we even start you know for marketing hire you know all that fun stuff you know renting these $10 million mansions or haunted mansions. It's really expensive. So you can't just put that money down and then all of a sudden no one comes and you go right. bankrupt. You know, it doesn't make sense. And so a lot of people didn't see that side, but that's a, that's a compliment that they see when they're coming to my seance. They don't see it as uh, like going to like the theater or anything. They're going to an experience and that's the ultimate compliment. You know what I mean? Like it's not, and that's kind of what I like. You know, what's interesting is you hear about when people have supernatural experiences and they're on drugs, let's say people discount it that they're messed up or whatever. Yeah. But sometimes if you put yourself in these situations, maybe it opens your mind to experience things. So with your seances, even though you don't set out to claim there's a ghost coming through, maybe you create an environment that makes it easier for spirit. The absolute worst thing you can do at my seance is smoke weed because you become crazy suggestible. And so everyone who's smoked weed basically breaks down and cries, like every single one. So that's, that's my one word. Like, like if you're coming to a seance, <laughs> just do not smoke. 
pot because you think it's going to calm you, it does the opposite. I read well, a now we know why Jenna was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have, and I will say that Andy looks amazing for her age, honestly, for being, <laughs> for being a, a toy for three yeah. children over 80 years. You know, she looks yeah. really good, which is also kind of adds to the creepiness of the whole vibe. Yeah. But you said you have three, over 300 haunted items. Yeah. And 90 weekly boards. Is there anything that scares you? I kind of go into this. I guess what it is for me is, because, like, my background is I do have a pretty intense, like, I went to school for criminal law and psychology. I train law enforcement. I teach at different universities. I have that whole science background that I kind of go into this going, you know what, I'm just going to be respectful of everything. If I'm respectful of everything, I haven't really had any issues with any of the items, to be honest, but so many people have had issues with the items, but me personally, no. And there's been nights where I've been at the seance house where weird stuff has happened to me, but but it's kind of like, I don't know if it's my mind playing tricks on me or not, but I, I think maybe why the seance does well is because I'm so dead middle, like you were even both saying, it's like, oh yeah, there's mediums and there's skeptics and James is kind of dead middle. He does not go either way. And that's kind of how I think maybe makes the seance good because it doesn't matter if you believe or don't believe because it's not about that. It's about a special experience, right? So even if like Jesse came into the, actually Jesse, this is a good example. Jenna, you're more of a believer, Jesse isn't. You both came to evoke and you both had a great time, right? And so it didn't yeah. really, your, your views don't matter. And I'm also good at manipulating people. So if my whole audience was skeptical, I would put more manipulation into the, the seance or the experience and you wouldn't tell and it'd make you be able to do a few better things that when you leave, you go, was that real or not? You don't know. And so um, like it, I think the biggest, actually the biggest strength for the seance or evoke or anything is honestly the group dynamics and kind of how to control a group. Because you got to understand if you have a bunch of jocks, let's say, they're going to be much different than a bunch of believers. You know what I mean? And so it really depends on your group. So you got to play to the group and kind of know how to control a group. And I'm probably, my biggest strength is I can control groups, I think is what it is. So the question was, what are you afraid of? <laughs> Maybe nothing. No, no, no. I'm afraid of people. I don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, I want to clarify that I am not a skeptic. I am a full-blown believer. I love all the ghost shows, everything. It's yeah. just that my brain is wired in a very logical way. So when I see something that freaks me out, I automatically try to dismiss it or come up with a logical so what was, explanation. Okay, so for, for Evoke, what was your thoughts? Like after you experienced Evoke, because you're in a skeptical sense, or not skeptical, but you're more, as you're just saying, Questioning. what was, your, what was yeah. your thoughts after experiencing that? Like, did you feel chills? Did you feel weird? What did you feel? I definitely felt chills throughout, uh, even today, like similar feelings with the whole water and square yeah. thing. I mean, that it just, I don't get it. I don't understand how you do, you do it. I'm, I didn't necessarily get ghost feelings, but it's mind blowing that human mind is that suggestive, yeah. which makes me want to ask about the work you've done with law enforcement, because if you claim you're not a medium, you're not a, necessarily a psychic, how do your skills being a mind reader help you help Law enforcement. Oh, yeah. So basically what happens is a lot of them take my courses and then I train them kind of one-on-one -on -one, or there's a few of them that I train. Um, and so one of like stuff I train is on profiling people. So how to tell stuff about a person when you just look at them really fast and you have to, in order to do the seances, you have to be pretty good at profiling people because you're trying to figure out what this person's life is like. And then if you're, they're not connecting with you, you throw some cold reading stuff. So now all of a sudden they connect with you because you said accurate stuff about their life. And so it's about building rapport. And also with interrogation, which is the same field, is you're trying to build rapport with them. So if you can cold read, all of a sudden you can be buddy-buddy with them and they're more likely to admit what they're saying, you know? So that's why it's good to have that cold read interrogation skill. And then for like kind of um, lie detection is a big thing where I teach a lot of people on lie detection because there's kind of like five-year-olds to follow when you do lie detection and you put them all together. And so you can tell when someone's lying. It's easy in handwriting as well. So that's another kind of thing, which is important for them because you got to remember everyone writes their 
when you get put in jail, even if you didn't do it, you have to write a statement. So if you could read that statement and tell if there's any key provide points, why not push them on it, right? And so that's kind of where that came from. Then uh, memory is a really important thing, which is kind of like what I'm known for as well, is basically giving better, people better than photographic memories in around three months, because most people think you're born with a good memory, and that's not true at all. You can get a trained memory be better than a photographic memory. What are some brain memory uh, so, exercises? So, like steps, okay. So basically, if you have trouble memorizing stuff, what, what it, how memory basically works is if you see someone walking down the street, you're not gonna remember them because it's the same thing always. But if they're walking down the street and they're naked or they have an octopus or something, you're always gonna remember it because it stands out so much. So that's how the, that's the fundamentals of all memory. You gotta think ridiculous in your head. So if, if for example, I was trying to get a name and say the name was John, and you say you have trouble memorizing names, you would see the person's face and you imagine their head's in a toilet, because John's a toilet. And, you, and, you, and you gotta see it in your head. If you see it in your head, you won't forget it. And that's kind of like the foundation of memories. You gotta think ridiculous in your mind over the top. So if you have trouble with like a word, so the word was, like give me an example, sorry. Like a, an example. Like a word? Yeah. Like what words are? Go ahead, Jesse. <laughs> we're both like so polite. This is what happens when we're on Zoom together. Uh, uh, ladybug. So Ladybug, so if you say the person's nickname was Ladybug and you wanted to memorize that the person's nickname is Ladybug, you would imagine the person, you see the person, whoever it is, and you imagine a, like a billion Ladybugs on them, which is kind of creepy. And now you're not going to forget okay. that the nickname's Ladybug and you got to see it in your head for a second. You got to see it. As you know, I was, in, I was in a play in Ottawa last year called The Boys in the Band and uh, during rehearsal, the director wanted us to do this ridiculous, so we thought, thing to try to memorize our lines and what he would have us do is read a few words of the script yeah. then close our eyes and tell him the image that came to mind so he's doing and what happened so we we're essentially turning the script into images so you yeah. didn't remember your words you remembered the sequence of images yeah, so and it actually did help that's called the link system so basically what that is is they're taking picture after picture 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 and linking it all together as one so, so it's common in theater, it's common with like people memorize, say you have to memorize, it depends on how you have to memorize. If you have to memorize it verbatim, then you have to kind of do more pictures. But if it's just like the concept each time, it's pretty easy. So that's called the link, it's like a link or chain system of memory because you're thinking of it as a chain one, two, three, four, five, six. Because the brain is so like, it's such a like interesting organ. Do you know what I mean? And I feel uh -huh. like as a society, like even when it comes to like, figuring out everything about we just haven't invested as much money as we probably should have into studying the brain which is why addictions are still a big issue and why mental health is only now getting the attention that it deserves it just it's it, the things it's capable of that we haven't even tapped into yet just no, blow I'm, my mind they're making it's making my eyes water right now but the other thing is even like just simple <laughs> stuff like memory training why wasn't this done in high school you have to learn all this useless stuff in high school but why are we not learning about memory training because Literally, I felt like university I did really well in because it was just memory. There's no think outside the box. And I'm kind of like, oh, I went to university. I thought you're supposed to think outside the box, but it wasn't that. And it was just regurgitation of memory. And I was like, okay, this is easy, but why not change, teach these techniques at a young age? Because imagine how easy school would be all of a sudden. Right, like when they're really little, you know? Yeah, yeah, like it doesn't make sense. Like I, I don't understand it, but maybe it's designed a certain way for certain reasons. But I, I, like, I don't get it. The patriarchy holding us back. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so James, where do you stand on uh, issues like, or not issues, but things like the secret and this whole movement of the law of attraction, using your mind to manifest your own goals? There's, there's a lot of, of like culty followings to that. I'm not saying culty, but it's like 
the, you know, they say the magic pill, if you do this, it's going to work. It's not like that. There's always, you always need a million things to do it as one. So you remember, you remember there's that Q bracelet and they're like, if you have this bracelet on your memory is going to improve or whatever it was. And basically that's not it. That's all placebo, right? Which placebo effect for the record does work. So it does really work. It says like the odds of you actually, when you use a placebo effect, it can be 50 or 60% increase, but it's not because you're smarter and stuff. It's because you're focused on it more. So, um, like, I don't think there's a magic pill for something. I think anything that is worthwhile takes time and work. So even like the memory, if you actually want true memory, you took one of my courses, it would take you 10 minutes a day for three months. But when you're done that, all of a sudden your memory is a thousand times better than anyone's. And it's, it's life-changing. It goes for your whole life, right? And that takes a little bit of work versus, oh, I'm going to put this brace on. I hope I do well on my test. You're not going to do well on your test. It's going to be the same thing, you know? So people want to find the quick fix. And there's no quick fix. Even like something with weightlifting, you know, you can do all this supplements and stuff but it's still not a quick fix because in the long term you're going to get a heart attack or you're going to have all these health issues was that really what you wanted there's no quick fixes in life i find or it kind of backfires on you in the long term and as for, as for the secret like obviously if you're going to want to focus on positive things positive things are going to be popping around you because you're noticing them more often it's kind of like, like you know you know like right. actually a good example you know how like medium say like if you see a cardinal your grandma's looking over you or whatever so now all of a sudden your more focus is on cardinals where they would have been there the whole time, but now all of a sudden you focus on it more because you, it's that positive thinking that that's all you're thinking about. It's like if I told you, okay, the, every time you see it, so when I'm like using hypnosis to get people off cigarettes or like making them feel better or whatever, which I used to do a lot like 10 years ago, I don't do it much now because it's just, I'm too busy with my other stuff. But when I was getting people off cigarettes and stuff, you want to put out positive reinforcement and you want to anchor them. So I would anchor them and basically say every time you see a blue car, you're breathing and stuff, you're going to feel much better about yourself. So I knew statistically there's much more blue and gray cars in our society, but all of a sudden now you notice all the blue cars and you think, oh, well, see, I'm getting better at what I do. But in fact, it is, is it was there all the time. You just weren't looking at them. And same thing with the cardinal. It's if you focus your mind to something, you're going to notice it. But if you don't, it's not there, but it's been there the whole time. I'm seeing boyfriends everywhere. That's yeah. all I can see. <laughs> I guess that's what you're going to be trying to do outside. Yeah. Manifest that man. Manifest yeah. that man. <laughs> hey, this is a, fascinating. Do you have a book out, Jay? Have you written a book? I don't. I, a lot of people have asked me, but it's, I'm not. I don't like that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Because like, I was like, yeah, I would buy a book for you that's basically you could write one that's called How to Trick Yourself. Yeah, I know you could like, there's so many tricks of the mind that are like that I know yeah. and that I use in my career, but like, I just, I never, I, I don't enjoy Like I, I think I got reading got ruined for me. Like when I went to university and then I had to read all these like, psychology books to learn how to like, read people <laughs> and stuff that I got so drawn born that I don't read no more. Like I read my the stuff I have to, but I just don't enjoy reading for fun or writing or anything like that. And I do have to write my scripts for my seances and my shows and everything that I think that's enough writing or reading mostly like, it's not my thing. So I, I don't, I don't see myself doing a book, but you never know. Right. Right. He don't read no more. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you're a performer. You don't want to write no book. You want to get out on that stage. And hopefully when this vaccine gets here, um, your seance will be huge again next year. And maybe yeah. Jenna and I will show up. Yes, totally come. It'll be fun. It'll be worth it. Trust me. Everyone who comes says it's worth it. So. Oh, I know. Yeah. Our old co-host Gord, uh, was, that's how I found out about you actually, is he was a big James White fan and he would often rave about you in the studio. And um, so I think he's going to be very jealous that he left our show. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I didn't know he was on, yeah, so yeah, send him this and then we can make fun of it. <laughs> so James, where can people find you on social media? Plug yourself. Oh, good question. No, I'm kidding. Um, so it's uh, James White, just type in James White on Facebook or Instagram and it comes up pretty easily. 
It does, because yeah. he spells it weird. J-A-Y-M-E-S. W-H-I-T-E. Yeah, like, we just finished the Vogue, so I'm taking some time off, because, like, I just did 90 of those in, what, four weeks or five weeks? Like, it's pretty brutal schedule. So I'm kind of, like, burned yeah. out right now. So I'm kind of taking a few weeks off. I don't know what we're going to do after this. We might just wait for the seance next year. We'll see what we're kind of doing. I'm, like, I don't even know if we're going to be doing – I don't really want feel like doing anything, to be honest. Play Can you just do something at the countdown on uh, New Year's that, like, gets rid of the bad energy and, like, everything can be left in 2020 and we move on to 21? Yeah, I know. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah, the, like, the weird thing about my life is if I wasn't a performer, I'm pretty, like, um, introverted. So right. people don't realize. I like, see my performer more out, but I, I don't – like, so the pandemic's awful and stuff, and, I, like, I hope it goes back to normal, but it hasn't changed my life much other than my job. No, yeah, you just got I, Andy there to keep you company. Yeah, I got Andy. Yeah, right. I, have like, I have like 20 <laughs> guitars in the background, you know, and I play guitar most of the time. So that's kind of what I do to keep busy when I'm not performing. So, yeah. All right. Oh, one last question I forgot yeah. to ask because I know you're a huge Halloween fan and you love yeah. monsters like I do. Who is your all-time favorite fictional serial killer? Oh, that's hard. Maybe Freddy Krueger. Oh. Oh, I, I thought you were going to go with Jason. Do you want to, like, I actually have a poster beside him. I won some competition, and he actually signed me a poster saying, like, to James White, welcome to primetime bitch Freddy Krueger. So, I, like, that was, that was, like, the, one of the coolest things I ever had. So That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I'll say Freddy. Cool. I'm also a big fan of Jigsaw, like, you know, because I kind of like the viewpoint of he's, like, basically going after bad people. But then what happened is halfway in the series, he went after good people as well. So I was like, I don't know if I, you know, like Jigsaw as much. But I think Freddy Krueger or maybe Michael Myers. Yeah. Cause I kind of like that uh, jigsaw killer. Yeah, I don't like that jigsaw doll. Cause some nights after too much wine, that's how I wake up in the morning with big puppy cheeks. So it's, it's just yeah, really, yeah, he's cool. He is cool. Uh, maybe he's a boyfriend for Andy there. Hey. Hey. Or a boyfriend for you. Yeah. <laughs> I just I told like you I don't like the puppy cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> James White, mind reader, superstar extraordinaire. Thank you for chatting with us and uh, stay spooky. Okay. Thanks for having me. Bye, Andy. Cheers. <laughs>